Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's episode, I've got three really, really credible questions uh, from three super smart people, two from YouTube, one from Facebook. Uh, these actually were sent to me for my previous Adam or Ask Adam episode, which is actually li was live on YouTube and now it's available for your viewing pleasure on YouTube, where for about an hour I answered um, many questions from various clients, non-clients, anyone really who was interested uh, on topics involving self-directed retirement accounts, taxation, investments, prohibited transactions. So if you're interested in those subjects, definitely check out our YouTube channel at IRA Financial and uh, subscribe. Uh, we drop five videos and three podcasts. So you're going to get some really good content, but really excited about today, today's episode. So thanks for listening or watching if you're doing so on YouTube and let's get going. Question number one is from YouTube. And this person wants to know, since my IRA LLC is a Roth, do I need to file anything about it with the IRS? There wouldn't be any income or expenses to pass through on my tax forms. You guys already have my annual update. I would seem to be done. No, so a good question. So in the case of a self-directed IRA Roth, clearly the Roth is a tax-exempt IRA under Section 408A, the Internal Revenue Code. And by definition, it doesn't pay tax. So long as you're over 59 and a half and the Roth's been open at least five years, bang, no tax. So the Roth obviously has, has huge, huge uh, tax advantages. It's probably the best legal tax shelter out there. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I wrote a book about it. So if you use a Roth IRA, there's, there's not going to be any tax ramifications for you, only if you take a distribution. If you take a distribution after or before the age of 59 and a half and the Roth's been open at least five years, so it's an and, it's not an or, it's 59 and a half and five years, you're going to have to pay tax and 10% penalty on uh, what you pull out. The contributions can always go tax-free. It's the earnings on the contributions. However, if you're not pulling anything out, you're just investing, there's nothing you need to worry about, okay? Uh, there's nothing you need to report. You should keep records. Um, as the custodian, if you don't use an LLC, we're going to keep records for you. But in the case of an IRA LLC, you're using a local bank account. Uh, let's say your LLC is called ABC LLC. Investments will be named in ABC LLC. If you use an LLC that's owned by one Roth IRA, it's treated as a disregarded entity for tax purposes. So there's no tax return. Okay, the only thing you'll need to deal with is a state um, annual report, depending on where you set up your LLC. California clearly is the one state you're going to pay a minimum franchise fee of 800 bucks, but that's the exception, not the rule. Uh, there's a few states that have uh, franchise fees like Tennessee, but most states you're just going to pay a flat, small annual fee that ranges anywhere from uh, from zero to a couple hundred bucks. You know, Florida is about 100. 45 bucks or so. Uh, some states are 25, some are zero, like Missouri, Colorado. Um, so you just need to kind of check out where you're formed. If you're a client of IRA Financials, we'll provide you all that information. So don't worry about it. But from a record keeping standpoint, not much 
you need to do, especially from a tax reporting standpoint, uh, in the case of your IRLC, we take care of the IRS reporting, the 1099s, the 5498s. The only thing you're going to have to report, as I mentioned, is if you take a distribution taxable, um, you'll have to pay tax and penalty, and that you will need to report uh, on your return. If you do uh, a Roth contribution, um, you're generally not going to report that. Um, but if you do an after-tax and then convert it to Roth, a backdoor, there's a place on your return that you will uh, disclose that. Your, your account will, will be able to provide you that information. Question two from YouTube. For a taxable LLC that's just sitting on the shelf with no income so far, how many years can I wait before declaring the expenses on my tax return? Can I wait a couple years? So this is actually a good question. It's not an IRA LLC. And I wanted to include this because I get this question a lot from people that want to set up solo 401ks. And they're like, Adam, listen, I got this LLC. I set it up a year ago, two years ago. It's on the shelf, but I'm looking to do a business. Um, it's kind of a shell. Um, but the anticipation is my business, whatever it is, will eventually occur. Can I use that shell sitting on the shelf entity to set up a solo 401k? And we all know the solo 401k is a very powerful retirement investment tool for the self-employed. You can put away up to 58,000 or 64,500 if you're over 50. You can do traditional investments like stocks. Also alternative asset investments like real estate, cryptos, hard money loans. So the really popular retirement slash investment vehicle for the self-employed. In order to be eligible for a solo K, you need to have a business. And the business can have no full-time employees, which means over a thousand hours, that are non-owners, non-spouses of owners. So the question is, hey, I got this entity. It's not doing much. Can I use it? And I always say, listen, you need to be careful because only a business could up, set up a solo K. So if you're anticipating that there's going to be business activity within the year, then yeah, go ahead and set up the solo K for it. But if you're in a situation where it's, you're in year three now, year four, the business just has expenses, whether it's rent or computers or entertainment, no revenues, you could run into the issue of, hey, is this a business or is it a hobby? And you can't take deductions for hobbies. And the IRS will crack down on this because there are there are uh, the potential to be aggressive on deductions and deductions reduces your taxable income. So if you set up an LLC, you think you're going to be in the consulting business, but you're not really consulting. All you're doing is running, running your trips, your meals and your car <clears throat> computer, taking a, a room in your apartment and paying yourself rent so to speak, and generating tax deductions for you, and there's no revenues or business activity, after a bunch of years, the IRS is going to, if they do audit you, they will crack down on that. And they'll say, we're going to disallow all these deductions. You're going to have to go back and amend your returns and give us taxes because these are sham deductions. This is a hobby or, 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 or just a shell company. There's no business activity. So just be careful. I think a year or two years is okay. Uh, software, depending on the type of industry or business you're in, clearly it takes time to generate revenues. Not every business can just open up tomorrow and just have business and revenues. But after a few years, if there's literally zero revenues and just a whole lot of expenses, uh, be careful about using that entity, for first of all, for deduction purposes. And then also as the entity that's going to adopt your solo K because you really don't want to be in a position to kind of have to close the plan and roll it to an IRA. When you set up a solo K or any 401k, it's supposed to be for 
a permanent thing, right? Permanent means it's something you intend to keep for a long time. It's not something you just want to close after six weeks or a year. So um, if you really believe that you're going to do some business activity, even if it's not a billion dollar business or even a million dollar business, even if it generates just a couple thousand bucks, that's okay. But there needs to be the anticipation of revenues slash profits, and there needs to be anticipation of business activity. So it's a good question. Um, if it's a non, if you're just asking me the question for deduction purposes, I think after a few years, you got to be weary of, of, of piling on deductions for a shell entity with no revenues. Uh, first two years, you're good to go. There's R&Ds. Got to make sure you can deduct everything, um, depreciation, things like that. Um, there's also you know, accelerated depreciation stuff for startups, but you, your account can work with you in terms of what's deductible. But if it's for a solo 401k and you have a shell company and you want to use it to adopt a plan, then uh, again, just really make sure that you you anticipate some business activity revenues in, in the coming years. Also, if there's no revenue, it means you can't pay yourself anything. And, and that means you kind of defeat half the purpose of the 401k, which is high contributions. Yeah, you can still use it as an investment vehicle for rollovers, a former employer IRA accounts funds into the plan. But... A big advantage of the solo K is, is high contributions of 58 or 64.5. So you want to make sure you can actually use um, that plan for contributions. Third question is from Facebook. <clears throat> How do I get around paying taxes on using a real estate loan with my self-directed IRA you set up for me a few years ago? So it seems like this person wants to buy real estate and they understand, thankfully, they're a client of IRA Financial, so they're smart enough to know you can't get a regular mortgage with an IRA because you can't personally guarantee an obligation of your IRA. That's a prohibited transaction under Internal Revenue Code Section 4975. So you need to get a non-recourse loan, which is a loan you do not personally guarantee. So now that you know that, what's the tax ramifications? Because clearly this client knows they're going to pay UBTI or unrelated business taxable income on a portion of the debt finance income. For example, if the client's gonna put down 80,000 bucks and the property is 100K, and they need to borrow 20K, they know, number one, it has to be a non-recourse. And number two, they know there's going to be unrelated business taxable income tax, which can go as high as 37% once you reach the minimum income threshold of 1000 bucks. So, for example, let's say there's 10000 bucks of net income on that $100,000 property. 20% of it, after you take into account depreciation, deductions, expenses, would be subject to the UBTI or about two grand because of the debt to equity ratio. So how do you get around it? The first is try to be self-employed. If you're self-employed and you can set up a solo K, there's an exemption under 514C9 of the code that allows you to do a non-recourse loan for real estate acquisition indebtedness and not pay any UBTI tax. So that's a huge advantage of using the solo K to buy real estate with leverage, right? And that's why a lot of my client calls, uh, potentials and existing clients are like, hey, Adam, I need to go solo. You need to help me out. And sometimes I can. Other times I just can't because if the facts don't suggest you can be self-employed, the facts rule, right? If you are retired or you work full time, you don't do anything on the side. Yeah, I just can't make that up for you. You got to really have a, a side gig, whether you're 1099 S-Corp, LLC, you just need to do something on the side. So if the solo K is not the option, what's the second way? The second way is not as effective because it won't zero out UBTI tax, but it's something called a blocker. You can set up a C-corporation 
And a C corporation, think of it as a big box. It boxes in all the UBTI income since a C corporation pays corporate tax, 21%, right? C corps have two levels of tax, corp level and then the shareholder level. LC, think of it as a big funnel. There's no entity level tax, right? If you make a hundred bucks in an LLC, the shareholder or the member pays tax on the hundred bucks, not the LLC. Whereas if a C corp earns a hundred bucks, 21% goes to the IRS. So now you're left with 79 bucks. And then if you dividend back that 79 bucks to the shareholder, the shareholder will pay tax on that 79 bucks. So that's the double tax. So what you can do is you create a C corp blocker. The C corp tax rate is now 21%. President Biden talks, has talked about potentially increasing that maybe 25 or 28%. But that, but as of mid March 2021, we're still at 21%. So the idea is that, hey, the UBTI max rate is 37%. So if I can reduce it to 21%, it's not perfect. It's not zero, like doing a solo K and exempting yourself under 514C9 from UBTI. Hey, but it's better than paying 37%. 21 is lower than 37. So hey, if I got to do it, I'll suck it up. But also remember some states have state corporate tax, like Florida has an intangible tax of another 4 or 5%. Other states do as well. So just you got to carry that into the equation when you're doing the math. But in most cases, it still will be lower than 37%. It's just not zero. So, uh, and again, if corporate tax rates go up to 28 or 30%, then you're going to be back to where we were pre 17, pre Trump tax plan. And then the C Corp blocker is not going to be as tax advantageous uh, as it is today. So those are the two ways to get around UBTI tax. If you want to use leverage to buy real estate in an IRA, Solo K, or the C Corp uh, blocker. So there you go. Three really good questions. I hope you guys enjoy today's ad mail. Uh, really uh, appreciate all the support. Thanks for listening. If you are watching on YouTube, thanks for watching. Really appreciate it. Um, if you got questions, you can always send them to us at Info Diary Financial, or you can hit us up on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter. Uh, we love getting your questions, love getting challenged. So try to challenge me. Um, if you want to include your name, just include your name and I will uh, give you a shout out on pod. Uh, otherwise, um, stay healthy, stay safe. Um, again, you guys are awesome. The self-directed retirement nation is getting bigger by the day. I'm so excited by the growth in our industry. It's the busiest. Uh, I, I know IRA Financial has been and just talking to competitors. Our industry is doing really well because I think more and more people are waking up, doing more research. They've been home COVID the last year and they're realizing that you can do more with your retirement accounts than just stocks and mutual funds and ETFs, which are fine. I, I own that. I own stocks and mutual funds and ETFs too. Nothing wrong with that, but something to be said about getting a little bit of control over your retirement account, taking matters into your own hand, diversifying, investing in assets you believe in, you know, right? I'm a firm believer that you're, going to spend more time focusing on your investments and your retirement accounts if you actually care about what you're investing in. So for many Americans, that's real estate or hard money loans or private equity or private businesses or venture capital or even crypto. So it's a really exciting time for the alternative asset world and just really um, you know excited to be part of it. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing and um, appreciate all the support. Take care and I will talk to everyone again next week.